Welcome to the next episode of the Berkeley Carroll Podcast. Uh, today we have Mr. Huffman, the new athletic director of Berkeley Carroll, joining the show. Mr. Huffman, thank you for joining us, and we're excited to talk to you. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Well, let's start with some brief background questions, if that's cool with you. Background to yourself. What brought you to BC? What do you want to do here? And what are you excited about? Uh, yeah, so um, my former school was a K to K to 8. Uh, um, and so, you know, I was teaching phys ed there and also athletic director. And um, the journey really is development. But you never get to see uh, students who... Um, through the process of graduation, you never get to see a senior. You never get to see um, all the foundational things that you've helped build, um, you know, come really to fruition. So the opportunity to come to a, a K to twelve was just um, definitely very attractive to me. But BC in particular um, has a rich has a rich tradition. I understand um, strong baseball program, basketball, and so forth. So um, there's some other sports that I don't know that we've necessarily tapped into as much. Um, so I thought it was a great opportunity to come into um, a program that still had room to grow, uh, opposed to something that was going to be like a well-oiled machine and you're just kind of like maintaining on the status quo. Um, so I thought there was an opportunity to grow and to bring some of my own skill set into the community. So you started at BC during the weirdest year in recent memory. How has it been like coming to a brand new school, meeting a bunch of new people, doing everything over Zoom? Um, with Zoom practices, meetings, and more. So what's it been like starting at a new school during COVID? Yeah, um, weird is definitely a, a great word to describe it. Um, it's been a bit challenging, um, you know, in that everyone wants to have a season. You know, I love sports. I love to see sports. Um, I want to see everyone out, you know, on the field if possible. Um, but we just haven't had that opportunity. Um, so that has been a challenge. Um but I try to remain positive, you know, um, I have had the opportunity to meet more student athletes by going through Zoom sessions. And then we've, we've shifted from remote, you know, totally to some kind of in-person hybrid model. Um, so I've had the opportunity to meet uh, people in person, like I met you on, you know, on the court um, and things like that. So um, it's been great because it's kind of given me an opportunity um, to have more of that personal one-on-one -on -one with student athletes that I think that may not happen in a more traditional year. Uh, because practice will look a lot different. Um, and so my interactions might might have been reduced anyhow. Um, so I think, um, you know, there's some challenges, sure. It's it's not what we all want, um, but remaining positive through the whole thing, I think, has um, been a rewarding experience. So you've had to schedule these online practices that started with volleyball, then went to basketball, and all the other sports here at BC. Has it been difficult planning all these online practices, keeping them engaging, and making sure students are getting, still getting a physical education and enjoying their sport? And has it been difficult planning with coaches and trying to get everyone all on the same page? When you had to, like, so, like, when you had to plan these practices, how was it really communicating with students and coaches? Yeah, um, I think, you know, with the way things were going kind of towards the late part of the summer, we kind of knew or anticipated there might not be um, an in-person season. So we planned for the worst. Um, and so I think my my experience coaching and teaching online um, helped because we started practice, we started planning earlier in the summer. Um, and coaches put together, you know, concrete uh, plans that should that should come a, come across well via Zoom. 
Um, you know, we didn't want anything that was going to be boring. We didn't want anything that was going to just be a glorified fitness class. Um, we wanted things to kind of be many, meaningful and relevant to whatever sport um, we were offering. Um, and so that we can keep student engagement there and build community, build team spirit. Um, and I think we did pretty well with that. Um, coaches have been on board from the very beginning, so um, that's been great. Um, it's been very helpful to have a, a positive um, and progressive staff. Um, so I think that overall, uh, the scheduling wasn't really that difficult. I think the, the biggest challenge with Zoom, I think early on, was just um, coordinating all the schedules into Google Calendar and just more of the logistical things. And we had some hiccups, you know, with tech. When tech works, it's great. But, you know, you got to learn it sometimes. Um, and so I think the fall was a little bit more of a challenge, but the winter's gone pretty smooth. Um. Great. So you've mentioned some challenges so far. Uh, I'm sure there's many. Are there any like real challenges, super tough things that just kind of stand out, maybe two or three? Like what have been the biggest challenges so far to uh, doing this all online or just in your first year here at Berkeley Carroll? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge, I think, for me is to have to be the bearer of bad news to seniors and juniors that, hey, you're not having um, a season. I think that's the most difficult thing um, as in as a former student athlete. Um, and as now as an athletic director, you know, everyone wants to play. And so to have to be, uh, to have to be the bearer of bad news is, is probably the most challenging thing. And especially for those who uh, are coming up to the spring season, if we don't have one, it's going to be difficult to, um, to share that news with students who will have two seasons now that they haven't been able to compete. Uh, so I think that that's one of the, the more challenging things. Um, and then the other part of it is just managing expectations. Um, I think that, you know, because people can play outside and club programs, AAU or, you know, what have you, um, outside of school, um, the expectation is that, well, if other people are doing it or other places are doing it and are running programs, that we're going to do the same thing at BC. And, you know, frankly, other organizations, you know, they're for-profit organizations a lot of times, you know, and, and even if they aren't, you know, they may have a, a nonprofit, you know, designation, but the bottom line is it's about money. And so um, their agenda is a lot different than BC. And so conveying that to um, to the community, the, the differences in the comparison between outside programs and uh, BC in-house programs is can be a bit challenging as well um, to get everyone to see the bigger picture. Um, and so safety is, you know, our top priority. And um, I think that we've done a, a good job in, in doing that. Great. So you talked about managing expectations. So how did you and the other coaches come to the conclusion that winter sports, no season, nothing? I'm sure it wasn't just you guys. I'm sure it was the rest of the ACIS. I'm sure you guys had meetings and everything. Um, you know, looking, you know, as we're in the midst of the pandemic still, it doesn't seem like that difficult of a decision, although you have to like let people down and everything. But what were some of the key factors that you guys were looking at that made you be like, okay, winter season still too much. We can't do it. It's still, you know, the virus is still going around. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the key factors is just that um, with the winter season, it's indoors. I think maybe if it weren't an indoor uh, sport, uh, you know, we weren't offering indoor sports and we might've been in a different part of the country. It might've been easier to, um, to do something in person. So, I mean, at that time, numbers were decreasing. 
Um, and so if it were maybe soccer and we were in, you know, a warmer state like Florida or, or Texas, it might have been a conversation um, because you could probably do it with masks and things like that. Um, and we had seen some results in other parts of the state and even in other parts of the country where people had successful fall programs. Um, you know, logistically, we would still have some challenges because of transportation and things like that. Like, do we want to have people on a bus? And, you know, so there are other factors that that could have still um, negated having a season if it were outdoors. But the idea of having students in a gym playing contact sports um, just wasn't going to be a good idea with numbers uh, starting to spike after uh, winter break. Great. And then kind of a similar question looking into the future. Uh, well, future meaning in the spring, what are some of the thoughts about baseball season and track? Have you guys given this much of a look so far? Are you guys still like waiting and trying to figure out, all right, vaccine slowing down. Is there any possibility of really having a baseball season or track season? Cause you can socially distance a bit easier in those sports other than basketball and they're outside. Oh, great. Um, so yeah, we have had some discussion about it. Um, and so while we think, um, I think most athletic directors, at least those I've had a conversation with, feel like um, there are definitely safer options than or lower risk than um, some of the indoor offerings for the winter season. I think one of the challenges we have becomes, um, you know, crossing with other, or mixing with other school populations, right? So if another school has a positive COVID case um, on their, their baseball team, and they come in contact with our students, then we still have to quarantine that whole team. And so that becomes really just, you know, that, that whole thing. And when do, we, when do we find out? If the game happens on, let's say, a Thursday and it's an upper school game, and then those same baseball players come to school on Friday, um, and there was a positive case on another, on another team, then we could potentially be shutting down the whole upper school for the following week, which would, which would be a two-week you know, quarantine. And that's something we can't have. So um, there are other factors, although we think the sport itself may be safer, um, there are just other logistics that go into that um, that can make it difficult. And then again, we don't have our own fields. You know, we're not necessarily just going into our backyard and playing baseball or softball. We'd have to get on a bus. Um, and so what does that look like? Um, is that something that we want to do? Is that something that's safe? Um, so there are other logistical things that might limit um, the possibility of a spring season for us. Sounds like you've had a tough, a lot of tough decision making and lots of things, factors. It's a rough, like not gonna lie, it's a rough way to start your first year at your school. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so on I mean, a more positive note, what's something that you've kind of enjoyed, if anything, about being online or this experience? Is anything good kind of come out of this? Um, I think I think there's a, a lot of positives, honestly. Um, I think um, one of one of the, the positives I've been able to be at more than one place um, or in multiple places at one time. Um, I can literally observe two or three practices um, from one screen, which is nice. Um, and so it's given me the ability to really see what's going on inside the program, um, get to learn um, our coaches, different coaches, coaching styles, and um, provide feedback and engage with the different teams. So um, that's been nice. Um, also, I think that, you know, when we move past the, the COVID era, if you will, I think that there's some value in um, the Zoom presentation, the Zoom format or the online format. Um, I think that we can provide um, quality workouts uh, 
during off-season training or even during the season. So if, if in the event we don't have a space um, for whatever reason, maybe there's an event and we don't have gym space or um, opposed to having maybe four days of practice or three days of practice and like the middle school level, we could add additional days if we go to Zoom. And we know that we can do it and do it effectively because we've we've done it thus far. Um, so I think that, you know, Zoom gives us an opportunity to be in multiple places um, at one time. And I think it gives us some variety um, in our training and gives us some options, um, you know, to do things off season and even during the season that we might not have the opportunity to do um, because of scheduling and things like that. Uh, totally. And so what has it been like trying to learn about the students, connect with the students online? I'm sure that's been pretty difficult too, because you're in these giant Zoom rooms with hundreds of kids maybe at a time and you don't really have that physical connection. So have there been any strategies that you've you know learned or tried to figure out to like connect with students online? And, you know, we've had some in-person practices recently and that's been up and going. So I've seen you drop by a few times at basketball and we've chatted and we've talked a bit. So has it been difficult to really get to know students in the student population at Berkeley Carroll? Uh, yeah, it's been difficult um, in the online setting. I think um, I'm an advisor as well. So that's been nice um, because I see my advisees and, you know, BC, we have a lot of different programming with integrate and things like that. So it's given me some opportunities to, to meet different students in different spaces. Uh, but specifically um, concerning athletics, I think the best medium for me has been to be in person. So when, we're, we're, when we have our in-person days, I, I get to get more of that um, interaction. It's a little difficult on Zoom because I'm generally popping into a practice that's already going on. And I don't want to be a distraction or interrupt what's going on at that segment. You know, I could come in midway through a basketball practice and I don't want to be like, hey, I've arrived. And now, you know, all eyes on me. Um, so I want, to, I want things to stick to, to the program. And so it's a little bit different um, via Zoom. Uh, from time to time, I do cover practices. Um, so that gives me an opportunity um, to also interact with students. So it just depends on um, the lay of the land. But I think, you know, on the norm. Um, it's easier to re to connect when we're in person. Yeah, so I'm sure you came in to Berkeley Carroll. You're like, I've, you've got some visions for the sports program and everything. Without COVID and saying it's gone, everyone's vaccinated, hopefully next year. I mean, I doubt it, but hopefully if, if things are back to normal, what are some of your ideas about the sports program in general? And uh, what were you coming in excited to change or make better or take out? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, um, it's not so much about changing anything as much as just learning the culture. And so it's been difficult to learn what was. Well, I've learned a bit about what was, um, you know, coming on board, but what was doesn't exist right now, right? So however any of those teams are run pre-me coming on board, it doesn't really matter right now in this context. Um, so I, it's given me an opportunity to learn some of the traditions and some of the values and some of the ways that we've run programs traditionally. Um, how we select the captains and so forth. Um, so I think just in the fall, assuming COVID is gone, everyone's vaccinated, we're back, we're back um, at play. Um, I think my focus really would just be um, to continue to build community um, around the sport program. Um, it's not that I didn't want to change anything in particular as much as it is. I just want to see students back out there on the field. Um, I think once we get to that, um, we can talk about fine tuning um, various programs. Um, one interest of mine in particular is building our, our girls program a bit. Um, I feel like 
we don't have the same level of participation as we might have on the boys' side. Um, and so um, I'd like to focus some energy um, into our girls' programs for sure. Um, and our middle school programs. Um, I think the middle school programs feed into our upper school programs at the end of the day. That's really where the foundation begins, um, both in interest and skill development. Um, so those will be my, my larger focuses, I think, initially, early on. So I'm sure you've done a, a ton of talk recently about COVID and everything's been about COVID. So let's get a little bit more about you, if that's cool. So what sports did you play growing up? Uh, what were your favorite sports? And then uh, we'll get into some more professional sports right now. Sure. So my earliest uh, memories of sport um, engagement are baseball and soccer. Um, those are my two primary sports. Um, growing up, like through elementary school, played both very competitively. And then I kind of started stretching out like in fourth or fifth grade playing basketball and football and things like that because um, they were more popular in my community um, and they were offered at school so uh, so they gave me some options but um, by the time I graduated high school um, you know I competed on the varsity level in four different sports um, but my best uh, sport I guess was track and field so um, in my senior year I ran on an all-american track and field team uh, I was recruited and committed to Temple University track and field, um, and uh, yeah, so I love the you know I love playing a variety of sports, some you know from hockey to soccer, baseball, um, just about anything. I'm even getting into golf now. Um, I took a class uh, maybe four, four or five years ago, and I'm I'm actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Um, and it's it's actually much harder than it looks um, if you ever played, obviously. But um, you know, so all sports I'm pretty much open to. Um, as far as watching, I love watching basketball. Um, I love watching you know football. For the most part, college sports are really my thing. I do follow the professional sports, but I feel like there's a more of a hunger and a passion in college sports um, for athletes to try to get to that next level, or they realize you know what this is my last hurrah. I'm not going to play in the NBA or in the NFL, but I have school pride, so um, college sports I prefer to watch over professional sports. But um, but yeah. Uh, great. So, what positions did you play in those sports that you played in uh, high school? And then, tell me more about your student athlete career at Temple, because that's not something that most people get to experience. You know, playing at the collegiate level. So, what was it like? You know, balancing work and trying to do run track at a high level. Yeah, um, so in high school, um, I played uh, quarterback and receiver um, in football, um, and so I started as a quarterback, I hurt my wrist, came back um, midway through the season, and so I, my backup was on a roll, I became a receiver. Um, in soccer, um, I was a forward, and um, in track and field, my best event was a high jump. Um, and then on the baseball team, um, I play second base. Um, and so, um, that's my high school, um, athletic career, I guess. Um, and then, um, as far as being a college athlete, um, I wasn't prepared, uh, to be honest. Um, I didn't realize, um, the level of commitment, um, you know, college athletics takes. I thought I was committed as a high school athlete. I've trained five days a week. I did certain things on the weekend, right? I went to meets, um. But it's just so much more because the the course load is is was much more rigorous um, with the academics. So 
Um, Temple Fine Institution, they had great things in place. Um, all freshmen are required to take a mandatory, I think it's like 10 hour study hall. Um, so you do it basically two days, a, two hours a day. Um, so that helps you really kind of just uh, be grounded and focus on the academics um, because it's already carved out for you in your schedule. Um, practice used to be at 6 a.m. Um, our first session, 6 a.m. So we practice from 6 to about 8. Um, and then you, know, you get breakfast and then you go to class. Um, and then after class is over, uh, you go to either the training room uh, to get any kind of treatment on any kind of injury or you have weight training um, or both. Um, and then um, you get back to doing your homework and um, you may have some kind of team meetings or something like that later on in the evening um, and get up and do it all over again. So um, it was difficult. Um, you know, I think one of the benefits is that, you know, with track, it's a winter and spring sport primarily. So I didn't have the travel to worry about in the fall um, as a freshman. But um, I think having to go on campus like in August and then travel in September, October would have been like really daunting. But I think because of the sport um, that I participated in, it gave me some time to transition. Uh, I have a very specific question that you likely don't know off the top of your head. I'm just interested. This is not on my uh, my script or anything. Oh, we're going off script. Yeah. Uh, if you could give yourself a comparison, a collegiate or professional level for your football career, who would it be? A comparison. Oh, that's a good it question. It could be an NFL player. It could be a college. It could be a receiver, like you said, or a quarterback. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not as good as him, but he would be uh, – he would be – I think a close representation or my skill set would be close uh, to, to his. Um, and it's Tutu Atwell. He plays football for uh, Louisville. And he was once a high school quarterback um, in Florida. He now plays receiver for Louisville. Um, he's small, undersized, um, super quick, um, agile, tough. Um, and so I think that that would be um, – that would, that would have been probably been me in, in pads, just not as fast. So, as you probably know, we have a big NFL game coming up this weekend. Who are you? Yes, are you riding with the greatest player of all time, or arguably, versus the arguably most talented player of all time? That's a very good question. Um, so, um, I have a variety of answers, if, if, if that's okay. Um, so, I'd like to see um, talent um, prevail this go around. Um, however, um, I think that as a team, I think football is one of those, um, you know, it's, it's probably the ultimate team game. Um, I don't really think that one player ever really wins it all. And so I think that the way the, the Buccaneers are playing right now, it's going to be very difficult to beat them. Um, and so I think the Chiefs have, they're going to be in for it. Um, I think that, um... Tampa Bay wins it, um, although I'd like to see um, uh, Kansas City win um, because I don't think that Pat Mahomes, um, if he loses this game, I don't think he has the, the opportunity to ever be considered the greatest quarterback of all time. So he has to, this is a must win for him or um, his legacy is kind of uh, done. It's a good take. I like that take. It's a must win for Patrick Mahomes. This one's tough for me because I don't want to see Tom Brady win, but I also don't want to see him repeats. So it, it, it goes both ways. I don't want either to win. And so one more question. 
what is one thing you would like BC to take away from this interview about, you know, what you're trying to do here at BC about what are some of your like biggest plans for the future? Like if you've got one thing in mind, uh, what would you want to tell some of the Brooklyn Carroll community? Cause they haven't really been able to, a bunch of people haven't been able to meet you or interact with you yet. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that I'd say is, um, that I have students' best interest at heart. Um, and whatever that may look like, um, I think that um, right now in a COVID context, it's making sure that everybody remains healthy um, and safe. And I think that when we know that, that the coast is clear with respect to that and we can return back to play, um, the idea is just to make sure that we're developing a, um, a program that can compete um, at the level that we want to compete at. And... Um, give us opportunities to do things that we haven't done before. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining our show. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. We loved, um, this great chat and it was nice to hopefully the Brooklyn Carroll community got to learn you a bit better, um, over the podcast format before we go. Uh, if you don't mind do a screenshot for, we have a Berkeley Carroll Instagram account, do a little screenshot of the zoom, Sure. So we can enjoy the episode a little bit. But yeah, to all the listeners for Brooklyn Carroll, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah.